This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Black, it's time. Bird, it's time. It's time, man. All right, begin. Yeah. Final hour of Better Woods. Sam Levis doing a great job filling in for Woodsy today. Had you in uh, last week when Woods had his uh, successful colonoscopy as well. That's right. Do we think that Woods is awake yet? Yes, have I do. Have you heard from him? I have not. I have not heard have from him. Have you heard from question. Paul? No, neither of them. Oh, that's... They could still be struggling. Who knows how how late they stayed up and how intoxicated they became at their Airbnb last night. But the story was what? The story was that today they didn't have anything to be up for, right. but on Saturday, tomorrow, they have golf. You know how people sometimes take that last day at the end of their vacation to like recover before they go back to work? Paul and Woods did it on the first day, so they could just you know get it all out of their system right away. And then they've got things planned for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, including fantasy camp, and uh, they'll be doing the shows all out there. I, I said, well, if you can do the shows next week, why can't you do the show this morning? And we go, no, we, we're not going to be able to do the show this Friday morning. We have, uh, we have plans on Thursday night that yeah. involve staying in and doing nothing other than Letting themselves go a little bit. So. Well, you know what? Those guys work hard. They deserve a, a good time, a night off. All good with me. They do. They and it allowed, it allowed me to be here, which yeah. I'm, I'm having fun. So thanks again to Craig Elston. <laughs> uh did his Crossing Streams platform rankings. And uh, he talked about the bundle, the Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus bundle. So if you had ESPN Plus, you could have clicked in their uh, MLB section on uh, Did Your Team Win the Winter? And uh, Kylie McDaniel doing an insider piece on the biggest winners and losers of the MLB offseason, and he identified two major winners now of the offseason, now that we're kind of nearing the end of the acquisition phase uh, of the offseason. Uh, the New York Mets were his first choice. Now, they had three big outgoing players as well. Jacob deGrom, Chris Bassett, and Taiwan Walker all left the Mets in the offseason, but... They also, of course, added Justin Verlander. They added Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, uh, and then brought back Edwin Diaz and Brandon Nimmo uh, on new contracts. So they certainly seem to, in the balance, improved what was already a a good team last year. Yeah, they won uh, 101 games last year. And for the Mets, Verlander will help, certainly. Senga, we'll see what he's like in the major leagues, will help, assuming he's a, a solid starting pitcher. 
But their offseason was equally as much about making sure they brought back somebody like Edwin Diaz, who was so important for them last year. Brandon Nimmo, uh, Correa would have been another huge piece. Obviously, that didn't uh, work out as he goes to Minnesota. But um, look, the Mets won 101 games without uh, some of these guys. Now, look, they, they lose to Grom. But remember, Jacob Grom was not healthy for the most of last year. Um for the Mets, look, they, they should be very good again, but they're in a very good division with Atlanta and with Philadelphia. And um, it's a team that's led in the rotation by two older starting pitchers, which has to have a little concern attached to it with health and things like that. But, uh, look, the Mets uh, should be, a, again, a very good team. Yeah, are you really losing someone who was not really available that often? Yes, you're losing him, but... You're not losing much off the team that you had from the previous year. Yeah, the the only I guess the only thing the Mets really didn't add was another additional big time bat, which Correa would have been. And the Mets at times last year had trouble getting hits in big spots and had trouble hitting home runs and things like that. Correa would have been that additional piece, but uh, look, they they should be a, a very very good team again. And just skimming through Twitter right now, I just saw John Heyman. Uh, an insider report from the Mets saying that there were people inside the Mets that were legitimately discussing bringing in Trey Turner to play center field. Mm. That was a legitimate discussion that they were having. Seems as though the Mets and the Padres are always looking to acquire talent. Yeah, I love it. In any creative way possible, which brings us to the other winner of Kylie McDaniel's piece in the offseason, that was the Padres. Uh, he said Xander Bogarts was the biggest surprise move, he thought, of the entire offseason. Yes, the Padres lost... Rentals, Brandon Drury, and Josh Bell, and say goodbye to Sean Manaya, Mike Clevenger, Will Myers, Pierce Johnson, and maybe Jerickson Profar, who's still on the market. But bringing back Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez, adding Matt Carpenter and Seth Lugo as well. And he says, of course, adding Fernando Tetis Jr., essentially from a team that didn't have him last year, makes the Padres the other big winner of the offseason. Yeah, and look, the Bogarts move was obviously the, the biggest part of this and the biggest reason they're on the quote-unquote winner's list. But I do think part of it, too, are the other moves that A.J. Preller has made. The Carpenter move is a move that I know you like, Ben. I like the Nelson Cruz move is a, a move I know you like. I like. Um, yeah, that was even before, I think, uh, the Nelson Cruz move became a yeah, f- and, into effect that he wrote And this. also, and, and he didn't necessarily write it here, but I think the Padres, in a way, were winners heading into this offseason before the offseason began because of what they did at the trade deadline last year, acquiring not just players that would help them down the stretch and in the postseason, but when you talk about the Soto trade, when you talk about the Hater trade, acquiring players that were going to be here beyond last season. So, you know, that's not an off-season move, but it's certainly two enormously important players that were not on this team opening day last year. Other winners uh, from Kylie McDaniel uh, on the kind of the second tier, the Yankees bringing back Judge and Rizzo, adding Radon. Uh, he liked the Rangers and some of their moves. Uh, he said the Diamondbacks, uh, maybe kind of a quiet winner of the offseason, and the Phillies, of course, with the addition of Trey Turner. Now, on the loser's side, uh, he's got the San Francisco Giants, which I thought was a little harsh. Yeah, they went... They went for the home runs and ended up striking out on Correa, and they did lose Radon. 
Um, that's going to hurt, of course. But I, I didn't n- dislike the Conforto move, the Hanniger moves. They had higher risk, obviously, with injury prone and guys coming off a missed season in the case of Conforto. But uh, also some upside on those moves as well. I, I didn't dislike their offseason either, but I think the expectations around that team and fan base were a lot higher. And in fact, Ben, I kind of got that sense when they were here towards the end of the season, that final homestand of the year, late September, early October. Um, I got the sense that people, and maybe even internally, they expected that they were going to to be able to land at least one of the big-time players. And we know they came close to Judge. We know they came awfully close to Carlos Correa. Um, look, I, I, the Giants may be better. They may be around the same record they were last year. We'll see. But I, I do understand the the disappointment of having an offseason where you had a number of different players that are real stars and, and, and you could have signed to a long-term deal and uh, come up empty in that sense. So I, uh, unfortunately for Giants fans, I, I do agree that it lands in the disappointment category for that reason. He also called the Red Sox uh, one of the big losers. Um, obviously, they, they lost another star player. Uh, the What most people think was a massive overpay for Masataka Yoshida. Uh, they did add Kenley Jansen... Chris Martin, I just nothing that is exciting that people, Justin Turner, I mean, they made some moves, but yeah. uh, he wasn't a big fan. And then he has the Dodgers as one of the the losers, just essentially because it was such a quiet offseason for them, and they got passed up maybe by a number of National League teams, including the Padres, at least on paper, a lot of people thinking. We'll see how it plays out in real life. Yeah, well, look, it, it, I'm hesitant to be too harsh on the Dodgers in their offseason because we know this team, A, has a lot of talent. Okay, there are still pieces in that lineup that are awfully good. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. Okay, they have always had a really good farm system, even with all the money they've spent. And I'm not trying to do quote-unquote Dodger loving here. I'm just being a little bit more realistic. Like, I think it's easy to look at their offseason and say it wasn't good. It's certainly different from what they do, but... I don't know that different will necessarily mean that they aren't going to win a lot of games. Well, yeah, I think you can do both. I think you can fairly criticize the Dodgers and say it was a bad offseason. They're not serving their fan base, given how much money that organization makes. The fact that they didn't go stronger to try to retain players or add more talent is kind of embarrassing, and Mm -hmm. it's a bad offseason. And having said all that, they could still win 100 games because they have enough talent and they have some great minor leaguers coming up that could keep them absolutely in contention in the division in the National League going forward. You're right. There was a clear departure from what they usually do, um, which which was interesting because they didn't have to do that. And so from that sense, yeah, I I, I see why they're in that, and, in that and loser's maybe category. They're putting all their eggs uh, in one basket, the basket of a two-way o- star Otani, yeah. uh, for Otani next year. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, they, he, they won't be the only bidder, though. There'll be a lot of deep pockets that will be trying to get him, and yeah, maybe Shohei yeah. doesn't want to be in the L.A. area anymore. I, they better know what they're doing yeah. here if that's really what the plan is. I think the interesting thing with the Dodgers and and uh, Conley McDaniel sort of points it out in the piece is that there were no clear upgrades. There was no – there's no moves they made and players they lost where there was something where you're looking at the guy replacing another guy and saying that was a clear upgrade. Is there upside 
with some of these players and playing some of the younger guys. And sure, but there there were no clear upgrades, which I agree for the Dodgers is a very rare thing to say in January. All right, uh, why don't we get a few other headlines right now? See what Italian Paul has to say in our Rindle report. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle Report. Now tune into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biot? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a Oh, those cute, cute kids. The longest intro in the history of intros. It is. And it's intros. getting longer every week somehow. <laughs> All right. So we will uh, we'll start today with a, um, uh, with a local story. As uh, Ben, I believe you had mentioned earlier, the NWSL draft happened yesterday. And the San Diego Wave made a trade with the New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC. Uh, for the number 13 pick and took Stanford University midfielder and Cardiff native uh, Sierra Inge. Inge started 57 games, appearing in 79 in her four years at Stanford, notching up five goals and 13 assists. She also helped the Cardinal take three Pac-12 championships and an NCAA championship back in 2019. Uh, she also earned the honor of Scholar Athlete of the Year in 2022 and all region second team selections in 2020 and 2021 congratulations to sierra one your accomplishments at stanford and two getting drafted by the hometown team in the second round what can i say cardiff is part of encinitas encinitas produces (laughs) academic and athletic champions (laughs) on the field and off of the field and, and now one of them heading to the san diego wave uh, heading into their second season, and you know they made the playoffs, won a playoff game in their first season. Uh, they filled up Snapdragon Stadium, set attendance records, and I feel like you know it's a team that deserves coverage. I don't, I don't know a ton yet about the women's soccer game. I'm kind of learning as the wave come in. Obviously, you know Alex Morgan and mm-hmm. some of the stars, but kind of start paying attention to these, you know, like the draft and some of the other moves, like we would with the Padres or any other sport now, because this is a legit major league team we've got in our town absolutely and it was one of my great regrets from last summer not getting to a san diego wave game so something i would a hundred percent like to do this year it it looks fun the crowds look awesome and so i'm, I'm really excited about the season wave. two right around yeah, the corner i, I want to get there for sure oil season as well so soccer fans the wait is uh, is almost over yeah. Absolutely, and it, that's another that's another thing I want to get to this season as well is is to a wave game. Uh, number two, LSU gymnastics got a little bit of attention over the course of the last week for all the wrong reasons. One of the gymnasts, Olivia Dunn, has uh, quite the social media following, boasting six point seven million uh, followers on TikTok, which is about half of what Sammy gets. Uh, And some of them made a bit of a nuisance at LSU's opening night against the University of Utah last Friday. A group of young men brought signs and a life-size cutout of Dunn and were chanting, We want Livy, give us Livy, and uh, were disrupting a lot of the routines. 
Well, it was never going to happen because old Livy's hurt. Uh, Dunn posted that she appreciates her fans, but uh, to be respectful of others doing their routines, she didn't seem too upset by them as she was posing for pictures with them uh, during the, uh, said routines. This has forced LSU to step up their security for the gymnastics season. Just why are guys like this? Just why? Are you, you're looking at me as the TikTok. I, am, I well, so I so I'm mixed here now. Yeah. You, every sport would love to get added eyeballs and people talking about them. It's not as though you know college gymnastics is raking in the big bucks or the NIL dollars necessarily. So it's attention for your sport, but now it's kind of unwanted attention yeah. and taking away from some of the athletes. I also, I people need to realize she is a huge TikTok social media star. So do you guys get together for conventions? No, no but I, I, I social mixers. No, we do not. I, I roughly, <laughs> um, <laughs> I roughly know this story from TikTok and seeing some stuff on it. Um, Number one, they shouldn't disrupt the gymnastics competition. Okay, so that's number one. Um, I think it's okay to be a, a fan of of Olivia, and and but I think it gets to a point where it can be excessive. And, and is a gymnastics little... one of those sports where you're supposed to be quiet though while it's happening? Yes. Yeah, I, I I think the point okay. I think the point here is in in every aspect of it, you want to be respectful. Because there's like of her multiple events going the on, athletes, but there's the right. there's the music with the floor routine. They have to be yeah, able to I, hear their music. I, I don't, and everything. I don't, yeah, I don't totally know what all the rules of decorum are, but I, I, I think the I've over, never, I I've never been the, to a gymnastics meet. I think the overarching theme here is be respectful of her of the gymnastics in in a number of different ways, and if, that's what's most important. If you could do like proficiently one. One discipline in gymnastics, which would be the coolest to be able to do? Um, I think the the bar is pretty cool. Just, it, yeah, where you're just flipping the, on the bar. The parallel bars or the uneven bars? The ones with the, the where you parallel ju- bars. Okay, that's not the, the rings. Not the rings. The rings look that looks just like now. Nasty. I saw I, speaking, the ones the the women do the uneven bars where they flip around yes, and then jump I love to the that. other one. I saw speaking of TikTok, I saw a great TikTok that, and I love these. It showed um. It showed how they practice, that they have a little, that that when gymnasts practice on those uneven bars, because you think they flip, they may hit the bar, they don't want to get hurt. There's actually, they have a spotter who who uh, puts a piece of foam, like literally as they're in the air, in, in the air and if it, looks like gonna, if it looks like they may hit it, because they want to practice, yeah. but they don't want to hit it. Well, if, if there's a chance they might hit it, they slide the foam and then they slide it out, yeah. like literally as they're, they're going. Top skateboarders will have these ramps where they jump up, do their trick, but they land in a giant pit of foam. Right. Because, you know, if you practice the first time, you're not necessarily going to come down the way you want to. I think that the vault is the one where you run yeah, and you one. hit the springboard and then hit... And then do 17 spins in the air and land and put your arms up in the air. That would be the most dramatic gymnastics discipline to master. Yeah. I would, it, the, all, all those are cool. I would, do, I would do any of them. Yeah. And if you look at the pictures from it, it's just, it's all dudes like 18, 19, 20. Just like, <laughs> bro, get a life, please. Just, just yeah. be, be, be respectful. Don't, okay. Don't simp. She'll never be into you. I'm sorry to break it to you that way, but it, it's never going to happen. All right, uh, I seem to always be on this show after someone passes, and unfortunately, this time is no different. Uh, yesterday, Lisa Marie Presley, daughter of Elvis Presley, passed away at the age of 54 following an apparent cardiac arrest. Lisa Marie was recently at the Golden Globes, just as recently as this past Tuesday, with Mother Priscilla, 
for the Elvis movie that came out last year that I still haven't watched. Uh, she had become an activist for suicide awareness after losing her 27-year-old son in July of 2020, having written an essay recently for uh, the National Grief Awareness Day this past September. So She didn't commit suicide, though. though. No, that, no, no, cardiac arrest. Yeah, she had a heart attack, which yes. is very sad. I... I actually, when I saw the headline, I got confused. I thought it was Priscilla they were referring to. No. Who's still alive. Yes. Uh, Elvis's ex from long ago. But this is their daughter, Lisa Marie. So she was still in her 50s. Yeah, that's a sad, mm. sad story. And Priscilla is still very active as far as maintaining Graceland and making sure Elvis's history is not only portrayed, but portrayed accurately. So yeah, that's the Italian Paul Rundle report. I making us an offer we can't refuse <laughs> this morning, Sammy. Nice job. All right, uh, we'll, co- Italian we'll come back. I got some breaking news <laughs> involving the NFL playoffs. Breaking, breaking news wow. from Adam Schefter here just a couple of minutes ago. So I uh, get that to you coming up next here after a check of traffic. Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three. The fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Fan, brought to you by BetQL. Uh, You can download the BetQL app today. Visit BetQL.com. Adam Schefter tweeting out just a few moments ago, the worst fears for Chargers fans realize they're going to uh, to want to tear Brandon Staley apart. In fact, uh, this makes uh, this week's game probably a little more critical for the Chargers head coach. Mike Williams has been ruled out. Was questionable yesterday, but now... Uh, still over 24 hours away from kickoff of their wild card game against the Jaguars, and their second leading receiver has been ruled out of their first playoff game on the road because of the back contusion he suffered mm. playing in a meaningless regular season finale. Meaningless. It seems like the consensus is that Brandon Staley may be playing for his job 
this weekend. I wouldn't I wouldn't be stunned. Knowing the Chargers and the Spanoses as I do, I doubt that Dean would have the guts to pull the trigger on it because of that. Plus, he has no idea who he'd want to hire anyway. So my guess is Brandon Staley's probably safe. And I will even I will even give him his argument that he said, I can't sit everybody. We've only got 48 active players. You don't want everyone to get rusty and just, you know, sit them on the bench. I will accept you wanted Justin Herbert to run a few series. Maybe you left him in there a little bit too long. Yeah. I will accept all of that. Mike Williams, though, who has been both one of your most critical players and most injury-prone players the last few seasons, if anyone was going to sit out a meaningless regular season finale, it's a wide receiver who tends to get beat up and hurt all of the time. I mean, that's the one guy. If you could just save one roster spot and say, you know what? We're deactivating you today because we need you for our playoff game the next week. Probably Mike Williams would be the guy. Then, you know, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, some of the top skill players, make sure that those guys are absolutely healthy. So in that sense, Brandon Staley's mistake now, and clearly is a mistake, fairly inexcusable. And if they do lose because, well, the lack of depth now at wide receiver in a critical game, that's going to be a mm. tough one to explain away on Saturday night. Yeah. Well, that should, we were talking about it earlier, but that Jaguars-Chargers game should be, I think it may end up being the most, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's fair to say the most intriguing, but it could, based on the injuries, what's going on with some of these other matchups, that very well might end up being one of, if not the best game of the weekend. We'll also, see. Also, probably the least watched game nationally. Because those two fan bases don't really exist that much. But is uh, can, uh, but uh, uh, is that true in Jacksonville? I'm sure in Jack- I wa- I wa- I'm sure in Jacksonville they're very popular. Jacksonville is maybe the small other than right. Green Bay, maybe the smallest right. NFL I, market. I watch that. And the Chargers uh, are in a huge market. Have the smallest fan base within right. that market, which gives them. It just doesn't have a lot of cachet. I watched that uh, Jaguars Titans game. Um, where they were battling for the division and crowd looked great. I think there are. I think in Jacksonville. Yeah, well, no, yeah. no, no. They're 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 popular in Jacksonville. Right. It's the NFL. It's just such a small, right, tiny hmm. town with a tiny footprint for the NFL. Do you, let me ask you something, and I don't think we've ever talked about this. Do you know a lot of people, any people that still are really, really into the Chargers, like still that are here from here? I know a few. Live yeah, here, absolutely. Um, my buddy uh, Sean Walshef down at Cali Comfort Barbecue in Spring Valley still remains a Chargers hub, and they go up to a bunch of games. My dad still cheers for the yeah. team. Just, you know, wasn't going to change at this point, you know. I, I get it. it. The argument being, all right, I mean, how many games do you really go to anyway? What's the difference? They're on TV. You're going to watch them on TV. Does it really matter that mm. much? To me, it does. It really did yeah. at the time. The way it was handled and mishandled by the team just – felt like such an insult that there was just no way I was going to be able to support him going forward. So that you know that's the way I felt. I, but I I understand how other people go. I it doesn't yeah. it's not a big deal to me. I hate all the NFL owners anyway. 
who cares if I hate this one even more? They're my team. I want to cheer for those players. I agree with you. I would have done the same thing. There's no way, you know, and again, I'm not from here. I didn't grow up a Chargers fan. In fact, I have never lived in San Diego when the Chargers are here. I have no experience of this town actually having an NFL team. It would be really cool if they did because I, I think the Padres have really proved that if you're good and you do the right things, you can, I mean, fill up stadiums and make the place rock. But I, I mean, to me, sports, you know, a big part of it is about representing the city and representing the place you grew up. I agree. I, like, so I, if I, you know, if, if I were in your shoes, I would have done the same thing. I would have said no way. So uh, we'll see. I picked the Jaguars um, yesterday when we did our picks. Again, part of me, it's just hard to pick the Chargers. I, I certainly think they can win this game. They lost 38-10, to 10, though, to the Jags in the first meeting. There has to be something to that. I know Justin Herbert wasn't was far from 100% in that game. Um he's, you know, feeling much better now, but with Mike Williams out, that's could be the difference in, in what potentially could be a very close game. So, uh we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Right. And and to me, this is a this is a big game, not just for Brandon Staley, but I think for Justin Herbert certainly. I mean, he has for a couple of years now, he is in the conversation for Uh, at least top 10 quarterback in the NFL, the natural gifts he has, the arm, um, everything that everybody says about him. Now, if I'm an NFL fan, if I'm a Chargers fan, you got to see Justin Herbert go into the playoffs and and go win a playoff game and and lead a team to at least a a divisional round. He's very impressive. I don't don't see this year's Chargers team. At most, they beat the Jags. Yeah. If they did, they'd go to probably Kansas City and face the Chiefs. It's um, That would be a tough one against a team that had a bye the following week. They better hope that that either the Ravens or the Dolphins pull off an upset, which I don't expect. I, no. I think those are pretty pretty solid favorites for the home teams. That would prevent the Chargers from having to go to Kansas City and, and facing a team. Now, divisional matchup, you know, they, they the Chiefs have had their number for a while. At some point, the Chargers are going to win a game against the Chiefs. I just don't know with the Chiefs coming off a bye week with the rest and the Chargers having to go on the road for several straight weeks that that's a a recipe for success in the postseason. Yeah, so I don't see uh, Seahawks Forty Niners is the other game tomorrow. Forty Niners heavy favorites, even though they're playing Mister Irrelevant as their quarterback against Geno Smith. He hasn't a really played like Mister Irrelevant. No, he hasn't. He's been great. The defense has been terrific. They've got Christian McCaffrey. Triple header on Sunday: Dolphins, Bills, Giants, Vikings, Ravens, Bengals, and then the Monday night uh, wrap up of the wild card week: Cowboys at Bucks. Uh, the Cowboys against Tom Brady should be a good one on ABC on Monday night and ESPN. My prediction. Those three games on Sunday, Bills, Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, Bengals, Ravens, including the Vikings, Giants, I think they're all not going to be all that close. I know the Giants, they're going to be a kind of a, a trendy pick because Minnesota has I, played I, a lot of close I don't, games. I don't think the Vikings are going to blow anyone out because they haven't all year. They I win don't know. close games the Giant, the Giants, they get blown out, but they don't They don't win big games usually. The so. Giants, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Well, you're the New York guy. So. Not 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 that talented. Dable has done an excellent job. Jones has been better than people think. I think the Vikings are going to win Con- convincingly. This one was from Pro Football Talk earlier today. The last time these two teams met in the playoffs is 2003. The Giants won 41 nothing. Wow. And Italian Paul made a point off Who was here. the quarterback then? Kerry Collins? That sounds Might have right. been if it 
Yeah, no, I think that was one of the last years of Collins' mm. run with the Giants. And Italian Paul made a point off the air that I had forgotten if I had once known, but uh, is important if you're watching these games. NFL owners passed a new rule in last offseason. In the playoffs now, if it goes to overtime and the first team to get the ball scores a touchdown, the second team will get a possession. You can't. It's not go down and touchdown and win. It used to be you got a field goal, then you'd have to you know get a, still another possession. But a touchdown end of the game. We saw it in the AFC Championship last year. Uh, you know with the the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs, and we've had a bunch of overtime games that have kind of come down in the last couple of years that way. Right. No more. You'll have a chance to go down and score a touchdown and tie and keep it going, or go for two points if you want to and end it. But they can't end a, a game on the first possession of overtime anymore. Which I, I like. I mean, I, I always felt like those games that ended on the first possession of overtime always felt unfinished. I likened it to if it were a baseball extra inning game, the the visiting team scores in the top of the inning, and the other team never gets to come to bat in the bottom half. It was kind of like that. Unless you throw a pick six on the first play, and right. then the game is over. <laughs> you don't get another chance after that. Well, that's so, true. Uh, something to keep in mind for the wild card weekend. All right, we got uh, one segment left. We'll come back, wrap things up. Uh, there's actually a, uh, a sporting event, kind of a cool thing going on tonight that I was unaware of, uh, and I don't know if anyone else knew this was coming either, involving one of the worst NBA teams in the league. Oh, I do know this. Did you yeah. see this? Yeah. yeah. So I got that for you coming up next. It's Ben, Sam Levitt in for Woodsy. On a Friday on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Sam, you've almost made it. It's 9.43. <laughs> Getting up early, 4.15, alarm clock, four hours on the radio. This is, I mean, this is a marathon. It is a marathon in the way that, because I've done 10 to 2, I've done 2 to 6. But this is, this takes some endurance. It does, it does. Uh, and we just got word that uh, Paul and Woods are now, just now, 
waking up, which I believe it's an hour ahead, so it's 1044 in Arizona, and they're just crawling out okay, of their holes. So that's that's not from last night. That's not that late. Oh, it, for although for, for guys who for, wake for, up for Stephen Woods who gets yeah. up at like three a.m. every day, ten forty-five is on the late side. Now, so now if you're a college student, right? Yeah, ten forty-five is nothing. But Woods when you're a morning at, radio host, Woods gets up very three, early, like really? I think like three to four a.m. Is what is Hannah in, works out at like two a.m. Really? They're, they're like the middle of the night birds. I, you know what? That's that's when the kids are all asleep. I want to yeah. get up that early. The and, kids are all asleep. I don't know. Good for then, them. Then they go to bed at like six p.m. Though, unless there's a Padres game on. Right. So very early nights to get up that early. Yeah, but that that makes sense. Not that I have any uh, knowledge or experience with young kids, but that makes sense with young kids, right? They go to sleep early. You go to sleep early. He's got to be up early. Yeah, I mean, you got to make some adjustments to the lifestyle to be sure to to do a morning show. No doubt about it. Have you enjoyed this transition? Your kids getting older, not you know. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly you you worry about more things right. obviously when they get older, and you know they're driving cars and they have jobs and you know now going to college and all the things that you worry about as a parent. However. The not having to care for them on a moment by moment basis and knowing they'll they'll be okay, they'll survive. Even if no one does anything, doesn't make a meal for them, they're going to make it through the day is a nice feeling right. that you got through that part of parenting at least. You think Woods and Paul are listening right now? I wouldn't be if I was there and slightly or more than slightly hung over at this point, but who knows? They may be checking to see if we're talking about them. Hi, boys. Good morning. We've had a very good show. <laughs> talk more basketball than you probably would have approved of. We talked a ton of basketball. We had a whole yeah, segment on the we NBA. Did. We did. You would have hated it, Woods. I Absolutely thought it was good. hated it. But you like this. Uh, I got another update for you from Adam Schefter. Tweets, Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams suffered a fracture in his back last Sunday that's expected to sideline him the next two to three weeks, meaning that barring an L.A. Super Bowl run, his season is is over. In fact, uh, we've got, I believe, Jim Gray interviewing Mike Williams. I broke my back. <laughs> spinal? Is it spinal? Spinal. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. It's it's not funny, but when it happens to the Chargers, I right. just can't help but crack a smile, and I feel bad. I like Mike Williams. Seems like one of the nicer dudes on the team, but why was he in there in the last game of the season? I see Chargers fans coming out of the woodwork on Twitter going, I cannot believe they did this. I cannot believe they let him get hurt in a meaningless last game of the season. So Yeah, it's not great. That's uh, that's your update on the NFL going into tomorrow. All right, in, in fear of really angering Woods, I got even more NBA news okay. to share this morning. I didn't know about this until last night when I happened to click and saw that tonight the the all-time NBA attendance record is expected to be broken. There have been over 63,000 tickets sold for tonight's San Antonio Spurs home game against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, They're not going to play in their usual arena. Uh, They're going to play in the old home, the Alamo Dome, uh, but they're going to have the whole thing set up like basically a football stadium with a basketball court in the middle, which means there's going to be some terrible nosebleed seats that you're really not going to be able to tell Steph Curry from uh, Clay Thompson on the court by any stretch of the imagination. But 
They're expected to break the old record, which was uh, just a hair over 62,000, set in 1998 when the Atlanta Hawks hosted Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the Georgia Dome uh, that previously set the NBA attendance record. So the San Antonio Spurs, I think, have 13 wins all year, yeah, the second very worst good. record in the conference. They're, they're in the Victor Wembanyama yes. sweepstakes more than uh, anything. I think, chance uh, of, uh, I think going some, to the playoffs. I think some people are calling it uh, wobble for Wembanyama. Yeah, the lose for luck like the the Indianapolis Colts did many years ago. Wobble for Wembanyama. But there's a lottery, so you can't guarantee anything. It's, right. You, you just try to hope the ping pong balls come your way. But somehow they got they con sixty three thousand people into going to watch a Spurs <laughs> game tonight. I can't I can't imagine what the price point is on some of those tickets. I mean, if you're sitting in upper level three eighteen in the corner for an NBA game that you won't be able to see in an old like kind of run down stadium. I mean, the Alamo Dome is decades old in yeah. San Antonio. I mean, what are you paying for that? Like two dollars to get in, and for a team that's not good, <laughs> a I guess, terrible team. The, yeah, I mean the Warriors obviously are under five hundred as right, well. Right, I mean they've got some stars, have, have but stars. Um, I, I'd hope that the uh, that they're not charging an arm and a leg for yeah. tickets to see this game because, from a fan perspective, it's going to be brutal. Now tonight. the the Alamo Dome, from what I remember, it does get used frequently because like, i think like utsa football plays yeah, they're there. Still they have using concerts it. there remember they used to put up the big curtain in spurs games they cut it off and like half of the stadium was just behind a big giant curtain uh, and they put the nba court down at the bottom it's interesting because I, admittedly before this morning i did not realize that the spurs played at the alamo dome and then i saw a picture of the finals it looked like maybe from the late 90s yeah it wasn't in it the Alamo Dome. A, an incredibly long time ago no, that they used I, to play I, there. I, I really didn't know that. Yeah, I remember like, you know, in the David Robinson era that they played in the big football stadium and they just dropped a big huh. curtain down the middle and then put the court on. And, I mean, considering where we are now in professional sports and, you know, professional teams needing state-of-the-art of facilities and arenas, it's crazy to think that, there was an NBA team that played in our San Diego Sports Arena. That there was an NBA team that played in a football stadium with a giant curtain, and it's really crazy to think that the Oakland A's still play still. in the Oakland Coliseum up there, in, which is just a brutal venue right. for baseball. In, Absolutely brutal. That doesn't even have an NFL team anymore because they moved in Amer- uh, to Las Vegas. In American sports, I suppose the A's are the only team remaining that. Plays in a stadium that's not really designed for what they play. Did you ever go growing up to the Nassau Coliseum? Yes, that's a, that's a pretty old venue, right? That, well, it was. Now they have the home made, of the New York Islanders. Well, they have made some major updates to it. Okay. Now the Islanders don't play there anymore. No, they, they've got they a have new a brand arena, new arena. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it Frank might be, is an expert on this. It might be going <laughs> away soon because there was a a bitter that bid on that land to build like all new condos and mm-hmm. all that stuff and the collie is not a part of it well the, the the battle over that coliseum and what to do and how to update it and what to do with these surrounding areas has been a battle forever going back to when i was a kid i mean i i remember growing up on long island and people talking about all the different plans for what they were going to do there the lighthouse it, project it did get updated i had i don't think i've been since it had the renovation so i think it's a little bit nicer but the islanders do not play there anymore now the uh the arizona coyotes play in asu's arena 
Right. They like lost their arena for some reason. So they play in a little college hockey arena, like 5,000 seats. Right, I saw that. Uh, while they're trying to build a new arena. Well, it's the Tampa Bay Rays, horrible right. home. The Marlins still, for a long time there. played at uh, Pro, Pro Player, Player Stadium. Stadium, which is now Hard Rock Stadium. Right. Was the same, is that the same place or no? That's a new, I, think that's, I think Hard Rock's new. Is that new? I right? Have, yeah. Okay. I think that's, it's new. All right. Um, but they obviously have their own ballpark in Miami. So, I mean, most teams have upgraded at this point, but there remain a couple of outliers. So, um, Qualcomm Stadium. Right. Which is SDCCU now, was that, Stadium. Right. Right sorry. down there. Yeah. SDCCU Stadium. Yeah. Which Qualcomm, we all call it the Q. It was Jack Murphy Stadium now, was that, when I was growing up. Was that first a football stadium or a baseball stadium? Yeah, it was built for the Chargers as uh, in, in the early 60s. And then the Padres didn't move in until they became a big league team in 1969. Mm. But it was built as a multi-purpose stadium. Okay. That was kind of the way they were built it back in the day. Big concrete stadiums right. where you could kind of change it around a little bit, like the Oakland Coliseum. So the Padres and some of the other were ones. were sort of in this category before Petco. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it was a terrible place for baseball, especially mm. after. Now in the early days, it used to be there was no big. It wasn't filled in all the way around in a circle. So right field, you could see out, and it was just kind of a short bleachers, and then the scoreboard. But then the Chargers wanted to upgrade and sell more luxury seats, so they got the city to pay for a big renovation. They closed the whole bowl in in the 90s, and it became really a bad venue for baseball. Mm. No charm at all at that point. And, of course, that's when the, the Padres started their campaign and eventually got Petco Park mm. built, which is remains in one of Beautiful. the best baseball stadiums out there. But the queue got very, very old and... Obviously, was well well beyond its uh, day by the time they tore it down. And I like Snapdragon Stadium. I've been in I there. And it's a, it's a yeah. nice nice venue. It's tiny. Anyone who's been to the queue who goes into Snapdragon Stadium, you always the first thing you go is, my God, this place is small. This place is tiny compared to the queue, which was enormous. Now I will say that the fact that Qualcomm Stadium was so large made for an incredible scene in the 1998 playoffs and World Series with 65,000 right. people screaming on those games. It's absolutely incredible. Right. But I'll take Petco Park any day of the week. Beautiful, beautiful Petco Park. All right, guys, Park. thank you for coming in. Thank Sam you. This was great. Italian Paul, good job by Frank Marchese. Coach John Contera is coming up next. We're off Monday. Paul and Woods at Fantasy Camp Tuesday morning. You won't want to miss it next week. We'll talk to you then on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.